follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. I'm doing good. All right. We are uh, here together, and if you've been with us, we've been doing a series on the Mega Powers. But there's been some personal stuff come up, so we haven't been able to do all of the prep that we wanted to. But since we put out weekly content, we didn't want to just... Let it lie. So in the middle of our Mega Powers series, which we want to do as much justice to as we can, we are going to have ourselves a different episode. Uh, first, though, we want to give a shout out to, uh, for well, you heard our, our social media lead in. Uh, also a shout out to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, good quality uh, wrestling clothing. Check them out. They're good guys. It's good stuff. If you use the promo code Four Quarters Podcast, that's no spaces, capital C and corners, capital P and podcast, get 10% off your order. We have the Patreon set up. We're not looking to get rich off of it, guys, but if you're a fan of what we do, maybe throw a little bit that way, and we will we will extol your virtues on air, and um, I'll, I'll tell stories about tagging with you in – um, northeastern Southwest Ontario. Whenever we took on the uh, the distant the third the distant third cousin uh, of the Hart family or something like that, and you know <laughs> whatever we can come up with. I, I will and, say though, if you do find out how to give to the secret thousand dollar tier, Matt and I will send you a picture of us rolling in it. <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, the last thing that we we always do is we give a shout-out to a very special person, don't we, Matt? That's right. We give a shout-out to the great Epico Cologne. Um, I think I might start a... Uh, a <laughs> how long has it been since we've seen Epico Countdown? Oh, And just God. roll it in week by week because we haven't seen him in a long time. It's not because he's unhealthy. It's because they don't know what to do with him. Well, yeah, pretty much. And we would... We would they do, love they to do see ostensibly more have a tag division, right? That uh, does consist of more than just the New Day and the Usos. Well, there's <laughs> the got... revival and um, Zack Ryder and Zack Ryder's friend, whose name uh, no one remembers. They have belts for that division, I think. <laughs> it's unverified. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're 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 treading into deep water all of a sudden. But uh, 
You know, I do. Yeah, I, think I do the like last time. I do like Daniel Bryan's like I want to make tag wrestling relevant again gimmick, but they don't put them on TV enough. Yeah, also true. We need more Shane McMahon and um, and uh, I guess Drew McIntyre follow Shane McMahon around segments. But anyway, the last time we looked, I think it had been what fifty six weeks since we'd seen Epico on TV. Maybe it's something like November, that. November, I think. Uh, that's way less than fifty six weeks. I think we need. I think we need like a secondary. Like where is Brock with the Money in the Bank boombox? Oh, so he didn't. He didn't lose it from the supposed cash in then. Then why so. in the hell did Braun lose his when he never actually got his cash in? Because Brock can't listen to his tunes if he loses it. <laughs> we can't have that, can we? I was showing my wife gifts of him like jamming out to that, and she thought it was hilarious, which it is. It's it's fascinating to see Brock loosening up and doing stuff like well, that, isn't it? Remember when he did like remember way back in his original run when he did like the mariachi band and he came out in the sombrero and he was like dancing around and like really showing a lot of character. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I was telling my wife this, like a lot of times he really doesn't show a lot of character, but if he really can latch on to something and get into it, like he really like he picks up and runs with it. Yeah, but but really the, the the sad thing is his best heel promo ever was in the UFC when he did the um, Budweiser. UFC 100. Yeah, when he did the Budweiser shit, like I'm a Coors guy and I'm gonna go home and I might climb on top of my wife. I remember yeah. that very clearly. He said, "I'm not. I'm gonna drink myself a Coors Light, not a Bud Light, because they won't pay me nothing." Yeah. And I was like, and and the people I was watching that with were so mad. And they're like, oh, God, I can't stand him. And I was like, you want to see him get beat up, don't you? Yes. Well, he's doing his job. <laughs> it's still probably the best pro wrestling promo of the last 15 years, maybe. It's 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 a really good promo. It's a really good promo. Anyway, we told you guys we were going to do something different. Every now and then, we decide to let go of the wheel turn things over to fate, and see what topics come to us out of a special place. They come to us from the bag of holding. We need to get an effect for some reverb on that or something. The bag of holding. Brad, can you remind our listeners, what, in case you guys haven't heard it before, what what the bag of holding is. So pretty much um, we take a bunch of random topics um, that probably aren't enough to do a whole episode on more like 10 to 20 minute topics. They can be anything from our favorite fast food. I think we did once and um, favorite comic books to smaller wrestling things like our favorite manager. That's not Heenan or Cornette or like our favorite jobber or things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think if you go back and listen to the first one, I think we had like a 15 minute conversation on Five Guys Burgers and Fries in that one. Uh, we could, I still I still feel like there's uh, gold to be mined <laughs> in, the, in the fast food wars. I, I think I don't know about this particular episode, but I don't think we're done with the fast food talk. Are we, we going to have our own Demolition Man fast food or franchise wars? Perhaps. You know, okay. when it gets closer to the season. Um, I really feel like when it gets down to Halloween time, I want to yeah. do an episode or at least part of an episode where we rank 
Halloween candies. Oh, I'd be down with that. And I think there's also a whole episode to be mined on ranking our favorite fast food French fries. Hmm. Mm, man. Because yeah. in my opinion, like fast food is about the French fries. <sighs> you do need a good French fry. You do. Uh all right, all right. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to workshop this a little bit. Can Keep I, your ears can open. I, can I can I add something now? Like this is a, I don't I don't feel this is a place that's known for their French fries, so I'll throw them out there. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried the Taco Bell nacho fries, and they're not really worth. No, they're not worth anything. It's I just, tried them. It's just like fries with like some sort of weird seasoning. Not even really good fries. Like yeah. They, they've got the same kind of crust to them that rallies or checkers does oh, without any of the flavor. Blasphemy, blasphemy. No, no, no. It's got checkers, the same texture, checkers. but none of the flavor. Okay, okay. I will say, don't, don't mishear me. I will say, I, hey, I will say, I think you're about to slander the checkers fries, and <laughs> that was fighting words right there. You know the franchise has, wars begin. Gonna have has, to get in my car and drive to Kentucky. <laughs> you, keep, you keep threatening, man, but. I'm still here. If I'm doing that, I'm bringing my copy of Goonies. <laughs> no, there is some that. other movie he hasn't movie. seen that we have to yeah. make him watch, too. I think it was Beetlejuice. Yes. Yep. Because I was showing you Art Barra's Beetlejuice in Portland, and you're like, I've never seen that movie. And I'm like, what the fuck, Shad? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pieces of it. I just never sat down to the, watch it. The best, um, the best line from that. You've seen it, right, Matt? Yeah, I've I, seen it. For some reason, I was fascinated with it as a kid, so I watched it probably like 50 times. My favorite part of that movie is him grabbing his crotch and being like, nice fucking model. (laughs) Oh, and the whorehouse. That was also great. All right. So we are going to reach into the bag of holding. We have some paper here. I actually have access to the bag of holding as well. Yeah, I reached through time and space. I know Brad has access to it. I think Matt hears about it sometimes. I might have access. We'll see. Okay. So my, beholder, we're actually, my beholder was asleep at the wheel, so Shad stole it from... Yeah. Hey, levels and rogue, baby. Um, it's from my younger days. What I have in front of me is I do have a wrestling question for us to kick this off with. And to, to you know, kill the joke for a minute, um, we we had passed this around between the three of us so that we could be prepared with answers we had for it. But the first question is, um, wrestlers that never won the world title but you wish they had. Not necessarily I'm saying the best wrestlers to never win a world, but people who did not win a world title but you wish they had. So I'm going to – Matt, I want to I toss the ball to you to start us off on this if you're game. Okay, I have two that uh-huh. come uh, to mind. Uh, I there's probably actually tons of people that we could throw on this list. The problem I, I feel... have is, is a lot of people would say certain guys, and you'd be like, "Well, that guy held it in the AWA in like five years before he was in the WWE." So I think that kind of complicates things a little bit. It. Uh... It kind of does because I can think of one person who was very big in the WWF mm-hmm. back in the day who was, I think, uh, AWA champion. There's actually and two that would be fairly big that I think people wouldn't. I th- one, yeah, I think I think I know which two you're talking yeah, about. One, yeah, one people would, I think, know had the AWA title, but the other one I think people would not be as aware of. Yeah, and okay. I can think of, but... 
I have, uh, I do have two that I can think of. I don't know if you want me to say both of them. I'm probably stealing. I also feel, as a caveat, like we're probably talking before, like let's say 2000, because everyone's had it now. Yeah, after 2000, like they like, and especially in like the WWE, they went through this period. Or once WCW, they they were just what they had like two titles, especially like yeah. they ever like pretty much like everyone got a run. I actually oh. have, believe it or not, I actually have one from post two thousand that I wish had won the title but did not. And Money in the Bank really devalued their world titles because that turned into like mid Carters getting like a fluke run that they never did anything with. So that actually really did devalue their belts. Yeah, I mean. I could also, for a time, it seemed like the way they were going with the money in the bank thing was that they would have guys that they were high on, mm-hmm. yeah, have like a brief run with the title, and it's like they're trying to testing the waters. But obviously, they had some people who didn't pan out, like Jack Swagger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I have two. I have two from back in the day, from actually vintage WWF. Uh, I don't know if you want me to use both of them. Because yeah, well, go, go ahead, ahead and say your first. Say your first one. You're gonna steal. Okay. You're gonna steal one of mine. I bet because there is an I, answer. To I this. bet you're gonna steal one of mine too. But I want you to go for it. There, there is well, an answer on. to this, and he is the answer to this. But we will see if you steal it. Uh, well, hold on. Let me let me let me message you to see if it's the one because I have okay. I have another one. I, I think uh, I know okay. what at least one of them is gonna be out of two possibles. I have one here that that would. This is the teaser, um, teaser for the folks at home. Okay. That, uh, yeah, we're actually on the same page with that. Okay. He, he is. Yeah, he, he is the definitive answer. But go ahead, he, Sam. I agree. He, to my, in my opinion, yeah. he is the definitive answer. But uh, so I won't use him. I will use uh, my runner-up, who I think is also someone who, and I think I I feel this way particularly now because we have had we've seen kind of like the overall glimpse of things. And this is also kind of like a cautionary tale, tragic story because how good he was and how great he could have been. And he Mm -hmm. was probably before his time, but uh, I'm going to choose Jake, the snake Roberts Mm. because I felt especially when he was a, a face, he was, he got over really big. Yeah. But that was like in the, the Hogan and then Savage era. So you can make the argument, well, you know, he wasn't big enough. But I felt that in the early 90s, like 91, 92, when he turned and he was a heel, yeah, he was tremendous. I still feel like we should, much like we've done a series on the Mega Powers or we're in the middle of it, I think we should in the future contemplate doing a series just on that early 90s heel run when he feuded with Savage and with like warrior and we turned on taker yeah yeah like i thought he was tremendous and if they had put the title on him uh he probably would have only been transitional but they could have really had something he would have been really unique he was such a great heel and he would have been hated hated oh yeah i think he could have i think he could have if he could have kept his act together and like gotten over himself a little bit I think he could have gotten a world title run in in WCW because that pay per view he did with Sting is is still mm-hmm. even today like one of their probably top ten like buy rates ever. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was really intriguing, and I agree with. I think Jake it, they may have put it on him with the intent of it being transitional, but then Jake starts cutting promos, 
and you're like, oh, I'm seeing money. So I, I, I that's that's a good pick. Yeah, and and I mean, it really was. He was so like ahead of his time. Like if you had, if you could transplant him, like into the modern day era, not. Maybe not necessarily WWE because they have so many issues right now. Like they would probably, yeah. like just like it ruin him. But if you took him and put him like, I, we don't know what AEW is going to do. But let's say like AEW or the Indies or something like that, he'd be tearing up. People would be like red hot for him. Yeah, I, just a character like that who's like so diabolical, but also can bring it in the ring and just is so unique and such a good talker. Man. Yeah. Yep, it's it's. I, I agree with. He was just so good on the mic, and he did something no one else did. You know, you listen to, you listen. To, what was it? The the what the the thousand dollar challenge or something he did with somebody. Um, just just him cutting a promo with Mean Gene that was, it wasn't even thirty seconds. But man, you, you that was hype. So I think um. To go back two episodes when we were doing our Mega Powers thing, he was brilliant in that snake pit with Savage where he's like, hey, bro, you're, 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 uh, your friend's talking some crap about you. Yeah. 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 Oh, and I can't, really I, I actually, I can't wait for us to do the final uh, part of the Mega Powers because I was watching some of it earlier today. And I got a lot of thoughts. It really is. It, it's so fascinating watching this, going back to it, watching it live. I am. Um, as an adult, because I, I, I pick up so much a, more. I went down a, a huge Akeem rabbit hole. Oh, Akeem. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Let's not yeah. spoil it. But yeah, yeah. Akeem, <laughs> what a gimmick. He's, uh, what was it? He's medium rare. I'm well done. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we got to save it. We got to save it for the next podcast. Well, just, just sit on that. That's too good. That's too good to give away for oh, free. Slick. I love like Omaha so Steaks. So, oh no! Yeah, I, you got to pay the nine ninety nine. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think what's um, I think I think my only knock on Jake is his in ring work was kind of always not very great. But I mean, it, he made up for it with the psychology. With a lot of I it, I think it was terrible. I think he kind of did what he had to do. Maybe just, not more. I think he just. I don't know. He just. I think he just was missing a certain amount of athletic ability. It's hard to Maybe. tell though because if you get past like ninety, like ninety, if you start getting past his WWF stuff, it's hard to tell because he's just so drugged out. Yeah, yeah. Because like if you and get into the SMW stuff, he's just terrible. I'm I'm gonna say that that I th- Jake was very good at what I call the you know the the do do more with less thing. I love that. That's that's my. I'm I'm just I'm really on board with that. I know I've talked about it before and that sort of thing, but I wish that um, you know I wish we could have seen more. Right? It, it's we're just kind of in this I don't know in this spot where we didn't get that because of some of Jake's choices. I did so. I did like the angle Mid South did where the papers reported he was going to the WWF, so they had him win the. North American title, like right before he left, just to throw people <laughs> off. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fun. I've seen. All right, 
what did I see? I've been watching old Mid-Atlantic from like 81 and I think he's there and he's like really weird. He's wearing like cowboy boots and stuff. It's it's not like Jake the Snake. It's just like Jake Roberts. It's, it's right. And there's also that also has like Barry Windham there as um, Black Ma- Black Jack Mulligan Jr. Um, That's interesting. And it also has Lord Alfred Hayes managing um, Nikolai Volkov and Alex Smirnoff. And, you know, I never thought much of him as a commentator with WWF, but when he's a manager, he like he does promos like he's a James Bond villain. It's outstanding. Oh, wow. That's nice. My biggest memory of Lord Alfred Hayes is him and him and Mean Gene not being able to keep a straight face whenever they were trying to talk about cricket. I mean, they just yeah. they just completely came unglued. Did, just just to go slightly off topic, did you guys watch any of those Kamala outtakes I sent you? Shoot. When he's like, when he's cutting these promos in English, he's like, junkyard dog. He's like, I don't speak English, but I want you to know I have a great amateur background. And he's like posing like Hogan. He's like, look at that body. He's like 58 inch pythons. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I am, uh, since we kind of messaged back and forth about what we thought the definitive pick was, I'm going to throw, uh, before we do the definitive pick, I'm going to throw another kind of sort of from that era uh, pick out there. Um, who I wish had one, even though in his own words, he didn't need it. I wish it had happened. And that's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, just such, such a great heel. Always, you know, knocking around towards the top of the card. And the only like big national titles that I am aware of him winning was the Intercontinental in WWF for like a month. And the United States title in WCW for like a week. Uh, he had stuff more in the 80s because he had the U.S. title when it was still Mid-Atlantic. And then um, he had the Mid-Atlantic Championship a couple times. Hold on, I'm looking up his title history because I can tell you. He did more stuff well, in the territory times. So he had, uh, let's see here, Mid-Atlantic heavyweight title three times. That's a major championship in its day. Well, that's what I mean when I say national. You know, that's that's kind of what I was looking um, at. But let's see, he had the Pacific Northwest Wrestling Championship twice. Uh, let's see here, the World Class American Tag Team Championship once. Don't forget, he had the tag team titles in the WWF with Ric Flair when they were like both old. Wow, I forgot all about that. I did too. You know what? It's a shame. Like it, that's something they need to do with um, with that twenty four seven belt. Is they need to have some legends like come out and win it. <laughs> I just want to say, like, as creatively bankrupt as WWE is, that video of r Truth blindsided him at his at, in his wedding ceremony. Drake Maverick. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that entire thing was good. And Drake's, um, Drake's like just be like, but it's my wedding. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw this story, but uh, allegedly, at least like on with online content, our truth is like number one and like far and above. Like people are really, really into what they're doing with him in the twenty four seven title. You no, know, honestly, I think I think he's coming up with most of that 
I think the talent. Has oh, he a, probably is. That's could, the rumor I'm hearing is that the talent involved in the 24 seven stuff is what who's coming up with it. But like, yeah. But like, it's great. Like he's like shipping himself in boxes, places, and like cutting promos in the boxes. Like it's, it's just hilarious. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's really entertaining content, and I, I'm. I mean, if you had told me whenever this title was introduced that we'd be saying stuff like this in what a couple of months, I'd give you the I'd give you the fish out over it. But now, I I eat my words. It it won Absolutely. me over as soon as Jinder Mahal attacked him on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he he pinned Jinder on a plane while he was asleep. Yes. Because that's when they that's when they realized that they needed to embrace like the absurdity of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to drag us back over to Roddy Piper because <laughs> Piper was um, uh, Piper. I can't I can't say that he was one of my my role models when I was wrestling because I never worked like Piper and I didn't try to talk like Piper because that was never going to happen. You, you can't replicate that guy, but he was always one of my favorites. He was just so quick and so good at what he did that um you know i i just i'm i'm flummoxed how he never he was always like around it but he never won a a world title and that that makes me kind of sad you know what the probably one of the most brilliant rowdy rowdy piper promos of all time is is the one he did at wrestlemania 8 before his match with bret hart where they were both faces but he uses that promo to kind of like subtly shift himself heel because he's like cutting this like like oh we're best buddies but then he's like suddenly suddenly like shitting on bret hart's family the whole time oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) when he's like you know like oh yeah your mom make us bloody sandwiches of course there's only one slice of bologna you know like like Like, go back and watch that after this podcast. Like, it is a brilliant, like, we're both faces, but I'm, like, I'm kind of jabbing you and being an asshole at the same time. Piper promos is a very serious one. And that promo is one that he did prior. I can't even remember who was supposed to be tagging with him. It was prior to, it was either a no-holds-bar, I think it was a no-holds-bar or a street fight match for the tag titles. Yeah, up in the Pacific Northwest against the sheep herders. And Piper's standing there and he goes, Okay. And he's standing there and he's got a bottle of beer in his hand. And he smashes it on his forehead. So there's like glass in his forehead and blood running down his face. And then he proceeds to cut a dead serious promo about the number of reasons why that winning these tag titles matter to him. And he's like, Oh, you know, it's a we're talking of you know I'm talking about not only the prestige that comes with it but how much of a difference it makes in my annual income and just all of these things and how dead serious it was it's excellent you can find it on YouTube There's also a good one on YouTube um when he was in Georgia in the early 80s and they were on TBS he was um f- uh he was Gordy Soli's heel co- like color guy and there's this okay. segment where Don Morocco got really mad at Gordy and he's like gonna hit Gordy, and Piper's like trying to calm him down. He keeps like pushing him off, and and you know they're supposed to be friends because they're heels. And Piper just finally has enough and just like goes after him, because mm-hmm. you know it's like hey, like you can't you can't screw. You know it's it's kind of like the same one. Remember, 
remember in Crockett when um, Nikita Koloff uh, did the Russian sickle to David Crockett and Flair just like lost his shit, even though he was the heel at the time? I actually don't remember that. Mm-mm. Which is a really good one because that's like that's where he does like that's that was when they were doing that like where Flair had like multiple challengers and sometimes he was the face and sometimes he was the heel but like he cut this like the next week like he went off about like Nikita doing that and if you haven't seen it uh, David Crockett takes the Russian sickle like a champ too. Oh wow! That's the one where they're like doing the promo and like you see Nikita to the side. Like, while mm-hmm. Ivan's talking and you just see him get mad, he just, like, turns and, like, blindsides David with it. You know, wow. David, we've talked about this before, I feel, but, like, Dave, David Crockett was not, not great, but his absolute childlike fascination and love for the business and for the product was, like, really, it, it, was, it, it wound up being endearing after, after like, a while. Like when you first like listen to his commentary, he's not great. You're like, who's this gonna like clown? But then mm-hmm. look at him, look at him, Tony. <laughs> like, <laughs> but when he like eventually like he kind of he won me over. Like he was he was so excited and proud of the product. Like it kind of it wound up being very endearing. There's points where like he takes something mundane and he he gets you excited about it. It's kind of like he's a less skilled Don West. And I'm not saying Don West is bad because he's really good. But, like, if you go back and watch, like, old Impacts, there's some mundane stuff that Don West, like, really gets you into. Okay. Yeah. The, I, for for as much as people might bag on Don West, man, he had enthusiasm in spades. He grew into the role. Like, he really, he really was, like, a great commentator towards the end of it. Yeah, he. I mean, he he worked his way up to it. Okay, all right. Do we want to do our definitive pick, or do you guys have another one that you do? I'll, we want to throw, throw another one out I there. I will throw out another one out there because he got, I think, really close to it at points in the early '80s, and I think he could have he could have been a transitional champion in the late '70s or early '80s. But um, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah. you know, he is probably Bob Backlund's, like, one of his top five opponents. And mm-hmm. I think there were points up to about 85 where you could have conceivably given him, like, a short little run. And and you also got to throw in there, um, he uh, having the, um, oh, hell, like, the dog collar match. Oh, with Piper. That oh, that match is Piper, great. Yeah. yeah. That is a great match. Isn't it it's crazy? A classic match. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I always loved that wrestling's missing now. I always loved when he was having matches and Gorilla Monsoon would be like, you know, sometimes it takes him 10 or 15 minutes to like really get going in there. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I've, I've met Greg Valentine a few times. That dude has. Okay. He's I'm kind of of a size with him. But he has hands the sizes of catcher's mitts, and like my knuckles are kind of kind of a little gravelly from martial arts and stuff like that. The back of his hand looks like a gravel road. Like seriously, that's. I know uh, Flair. I think Flair or someone was talking about like they would do these matches. And they would like their chests would be getting infected by like night three because they would just be like. 
taking the skin off of their their I chest. But that but that that Piper dog collar match is great though. That is just that match is an exquisite like display of violence. Yeah. And uh, man, they weren't messing around with the uh they weren't messing around with the chain either. That was some heavy chain. I'm gonna have to go watch that tonight. Yeah. That, like I said, like there I'm not a deathmatch guys, but but they're like I said, there are just some matches that are exquisite, like displays of like violence, like just the master class and how to show that you don't like another human being. Yeah. The thing that bugged me, and I'll, I'll be honest, one thing that bugged me about Greg Valentine, his nickname is the hammer. And he used the figure four as a finish. And I'm like, why dude, you've got hands that big. Your nickname is the hammer. Why are you not hammering the piss out of somebody? But he came from that era when everybody used the figure four. So, remember that awful music he had during his face turn in WWE? I know. No. Oh, I'd have to find it. Okay. But um, yeah, I think he's. I think he's a good one. He's like one of those guys. I think if it was today, he would have gotten a run or two, just because everyone does. He's uh, and he had a great look too. So, uh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. He he's six feet tall. I had three inches on him, but he, he, that being said, he's still even now he's not a small dude. But yeah, uh, he's he's a big dude and he looks grizzled. You know yeah, was, I've met. That's I've, a really good way of putting it. I've met uh, quite a few wrestlers. The one guy I've met, I mean, some of them are really big, but the one guy who had just had huge hands and like really was kind of a scary dude was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, Duggan, yeah. Oh, really? He's every time I've like I've I haven't met him per se, but I've seen him at a ton of like conventions and stuff, and he always seems like so like like oh basically he's like the persona that he has like kind of like goofy. Oh, he is. He's he's so yeah. happy to be there. Yeah. You know what was but he is. What was interesting about him is I met him, and <clears throat> it really shocked me because like you know he asks your name and stuff. And he actually remembered it like some, not like a ton time later, but like 10 or 15 minutes later, like he actually knew to call me by name. Yeah. Which is uh, that's smart. That's smart. Because yeah. you're more hey. likely that I, I don't know why guys don't do that more because like that's, you're more inclined to actually, I, it's when this is a random thing, but whenever I actually do like customer service, I have to like c- contact someone like that. Yeah, I always like remember the name because people are more incl- they're more inclined to do things for you. Or in his case, they're more inclined. Like I'm more inclined to purchase your merch. If at the end of it you're like, well, hey, like, hey, Brad, like, what's what's you gonna buy a photo of me or whatever? Like, I'd be like, well, he remembered my name. Like, yep. maybe I'll do that. He, uh, I saw I've seen him at a couple of WrestleCons around WrestleMania weekend. And he is smart because what he does is he goes to like, I'm sure like the local home Depot mm-hmm. and he gets like two by fours yep. and he has them like cut them into basically like, like a foot long um, length. Mm-hmm. And he just hauls those around and then he like signs them and he, people like he, he, he sells them for like, you know, 30, 40 bucks or something like that mm-hmm. with his autograph. And I'm sure he costs them probably like, he doesn't want to have a little two by four, but yeah. from hacksaw. If you're gonna get a hacksaw autograph, 
I want to <laughs> autograph a, a two by four. And he was. I remember him doing that at uh, at one of the the local conventions. He was there, and I saw that he had him on the table exactly like what you were saying. And I had the same thought. I'm like, wow, that's that's smart. But every time he took a picture with someone, you would hear. Oh, you know, every time he's doing that in every picture with his mouth wide open, right? Yeah. But that gets attention too, right? That that's people that be like, "Who's doing that?" Oh, that's Jim Duggan, hacksaw Jim Duggan, right? And um, it, it there it it made me sad a number of years ago when Duggan went on uh, he went on eBay and sold the old King of the Ring robe crown scepter and the wcw tv title belt he got some to, cash out of that wcw title belt didn't he but yeah but it was pay for cancer treatment oh so yeah incidentally hacksaw is about my six foot three 280 he's about my size he's a really nice guy but his hands are huge yeah like he he's a guy like you look at him and you're like you know if you were a nice guy and you decided you wanted to beat the shit out of me like you probably could kind of like kind of like the joe rogan brock lesnar bit yeah you know <laughs> he's a really interesting one because he was always pushed pretty consistently in the wwf yeah if you actually think about it and he wasn't he almost wasn't really treated seriously it's not as if he got like a bunch of title matches or things like that uh, but he was like a big deal in the mid in mid south UWF. He's really good <laughs> in mid south. Like people bag yeah. on him, but like if you watch him in mid south, like he is, like he is a bad bad man in like mid south. Yeah, I've I've only seen like a little bit of that stuff. Uh, yeah. Not even like a lot of it. But yeah, he started off as like a heel, and he was he was really really good. They yeah, were, uh, I've just, seen I I've seen a little bit. Yeah, he was just slow. He was just getting old, like when he got to WWF. But like when he started there, he still retained a little of that mid south thing and wasn't as cartoony. So he kind of there was this brief time where he got over really quick and like he was serious. And if something happened to Hogan, you probably could have put the belt on him for a brief time. But I have a soft yeah. spot for Hacksaw. Oh yeah, Hacksaw's a Hacksaw's a great. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good pick. I gotta, gotta agree with you. So um, we have an obvious pick here, and I think anyone. Hang on, I've got my I've got my more contemporary one that I'll okay. put out there before we do the obvious pick. Someone I wanted to see, um, someone I I wanted to see, and this could have happened until they cooled it all off. Um, Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that is a good pick. I think he could have. I think he could have, but they didn't. Um, they didn't do it. You know, they didn't like for the guy with Triple H pitching a fit about staying on Raw, and then um, the uh, you know he had. They told him in order to do this, you have to drop two matches clean to Shelton. Um, they they didn't. They didn't do anything with it. And Shelton had that kind of, he had a great look. He had great athleticism. You know, a, a sh just a real short run would have been, I think, a great choice and totally believable. But, you know, they, they never pulled the trigger on it. He got and, stuck in that era where he was most popular, where there was a log jam and they weren't really willing to 
use new people. In the in the Triple H, like if you were if you were on Raw, it had to be Triple H, or like someone like that. And if it was SmackDown, it had to be Lesnar and Angle. Like he just didn't. Yeah, he just didn't. Yeah, he didn't squeak in. And he couldn't. The other thing is, since he was tied in with with Angle, like you know, he was in as uh, with with Team Angle, right? He couldn't. Um, they couldn't very well you know, slot him in there, which, you know, makes me sad. I wanted to, I, I wanted to see that with Shelton because I, I thought he would have been, if for no other, building a new star, he would have been a great choice. Uh, yeah, his mic work maybe was not, you know, the, the greatest thing in the world yet. But, I mean, let's be honest, that's not exactly been the stumbling block for everybody. Right? Like, that's, 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 there's a workarounds for that. And it's not stopped him with other people. Yeah, I agree. Matt, you got quiet. No, I agree. He's an interesting choice because uh, in a different turn of events, in theory, he could have been like the Kofi Kingston where he got a title run. He was kind of pushed as a big deal, but yeah. I think that uh, it's. I mean, it took Kofi like ten years later than he probably should have. I think the Kofi of that era that they did it too late with was Jeff Hardy. No, oh, remember yeah, that, that makes... Rumble where they jobbed him in like that title match they built up, and the crowd just died for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was right after um, his thing with Taker too, wasn't it? Like he had a little like mini feud with Taker. No, that was that was some years later. The mini feud with Taker was oh, like okay. two thousand and two. The the Rumble one he jobbed to Orton, I think in like two thousand and six or seven. Oh, okay. All right, my bad. Uh, I mean the the feud with Punk was kind of like tailor made for it, but on the other hand, I'm just not a not a Punk fan. So um, I uh, have I. I I liked some eras of punk. That was an era of him I enjoyed. I, I I'm just I don't know something. I, I well not even something. He just turns me off. So for whatever it's worth. Um. So we had all of the. Uh, we had all of the. We've all kind of agreed that the the like. This is the. If you if you if you're listening to this and you disagree with what we're about to say, you're wrong. Like that's <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. So let's get this out of the way. He has been a good face, a good heel. He was mm-hmm. probably, arguably, one of the best workers of the early '80s. Um, he was, I believe, at some point discussed as being the NWA World Champion. Uh, yeah, I think he, I think he signed with Vince first, though. Yeah, I is think that so. how that played out? I believe I so. so. He might have been in the running earlier, but I think it's that that early '80s thing is kind of hard to tell because I think things got screwed up because David Von Erich died, right? And then they kind of did that quick carry one. Mm-hmm. But so, um, if you haven't guessed it yet, uh, Ted DiBiase would be the consensus not had a world title that probably should have pick. Yeah. Uh, and just for clarify, we are not counting 
when he got the title from Andre. No. Because well, as but- Jack Tunney explained, <laughs> you can't <laughs> you cannot uh, relinquish the title to another person. Right. And you he, can't do that. Yeah. And he did yeah. not get he did not get a run with the UWF world title, so he did not get a world championship run. Right. Yeah. So we're it, it the story goes that DiBiase didn't win the world title because Honky Tonk wouldn't drop the Intercontinental title, so they gave Savage the world title instead. And that uh, I should have I should have looked those observers up because we covered that. They um he also didn't get the belt because they we watched a clip of him with the belt for a, like a local promo. And there's yeah. a couple matches that have made it to film on YouTube of him with the belt. It shows. So they kind mm-hmm. of what they did, according to the observer at the time, because I read this years ago, he, they did that. They did that as a test run to see how he would do as champion. Okay. And it didn't do well. So they kind of switched gears and went to savage. Oh, okay. Instead. So it's kind of the honky tonk man thing did happen, but I don't know. Like I would have to go back and read all the observers from them because okay. they might not be quite linked. I know because there's, there's, it's interesting. Like I guess early 1988, their attendance was doing really poorly. Right. So, um, yeah, it's hard to tell. And it's, unfortunate because yeah i mean let's be honest the million dollar man was kind of a pet gimmick for vince but dibiase did it so how can you he'll say to this day he said uh, he says i made more money with the million dollar belt look i like you dude but i don't know if i can buy that yeah. I, I don't know if I'm buying what I you're would selling because there. he probably ha- he probably gets a little chunk of all those replica million dollar belt sales and he probably makes do you realize how much money he probably makes at conventions of people coming up to him and wanting him to sign a million dollar belt well the one I was at to to get an autograph from him he didn't I didn't see anybody with a million dollar belt there but um you know it's also uh, and uh, just a quick little tidbit. My favorite part of Raw 1000 was them playing poker and the money hitting the table. Yeah, <laughs> that was excellent. I, I will say, like, I don't have any replica belts. Um, I feel like if I did, uh, well, obviously the first one I would get is the big gold belt because that's my favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, that said, like I, if I was going to collect more than one, I would be tempted to get the million dollar title because I felt it just looked really good. I think my 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 uh, hierarchy has changed recently because if I could get one belt and one belt only, it would be none other than the sustainable world title belt. <laughs> Eco friendly. Yes. Daniel Bryan championship replica. Yeah, that that they are selling that. And I would probably get the yeah. the old school well, it's the current IC title belt. I'd probably get that. The um and then maybe like maybe the US title from WCW. Yeah, that's a really good belt. I agree. Agree I, with that. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but they now are selling replica uh, 24-7 championship titles. 
Nice. Are they? Which, oh, uh, if, if all of you people out there can donate to the Patreon uh, <laughs> enough to purchase this, I would totally like just show up at wrestling shows at ever and people can challenge me <laughs> for the belt. Either that or we're just going to like ship it back and forth to each other. Yeah, we're just freaking back and forth. There's a... There's a there's a vignette they did in OVW of the Tolans when they won the OVW title. And they like show up in a McDonald's and one of them has like a boombox announcing the one that's like the champion as the champion in some random <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> in Louisville. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's excellent. It might have been a mall McDonald's too. It might not even have been a real McDonald's. It might have been a mall one. That's great. For what it's worth, I've heard the story that the uh, the million dollar belt itself, you don't see it around much because they have to be really careful with it because it's really fragile. No, remember um, Edge and Christian found it that one time and Virgil was in the box with it. <laughs> no, I did not remember that. They found it in like, so they were doing like an Indiana Jones thing in like the closet and they found it in a thing and like, oh my God, we found Virgil. Yeah, oh man. But no, I'd have to go look that up. But um I am a uh, I've heard that the the title itself is not that um is not that uh is not is is really really fragile and pieces looks, fall off. It looks things. fragile. And it's probably you probably can't like fix it. Yeah. Well, and and what it's all I mean, I guess it's. I don't. Are 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 we looking at you know actual diamonds or rhinestones or what and all that kind of stuff? They're so probably, you know, if, they're probably cubic zirconias, but but still putting all of those back on and stuff like that. It, there, there's a lot of detail to it. That's really a belt that's a shame. It's a shame that we can't see it in high def because I imagine it would look a lot different. It probably looks great in person. I would imagine. But, yeah. So what's our so what's our next question for the evening, Chad? Um Okay, do you guys want to stay on wrestling or do you want to veer into something else? I say surprises. Uh let me see. Let me roll a die here. Do I have a die to roll? I'm gonna flip a coin. Okay, I'm gonna surprise you. This is gonna be off topic. Was that a? a, a oh, that was a that was a coin flip. It wasn't a flat D20. No, no, it was not the okay. D20. The D20's in my gaming bag, mm. so uh, that's where it lives. Because it's my D20s have been very, very bad the last time they got out, so they have to they have to stay in timeout for a while. Um, <clears throat> name a topic that you're very interested in but either don't know much about or aren't very good at. And I can give you mine as an example. I know very, very, very little about uh, mechanic work, automotive repair. But God, there's a part of me that would, that would I think would enjoy being a car guy. Oh man! Can we talk about something that like we would love to do, but we know we can't do it because like we just don't have the innate ability to do it? 
That, I mean, that would fit, I think. Okay, because... You know what? It's my question. It, hell, it, it fits. Yeah, sure, I, you set it. the rules here, brother. I, yeah, I do. I absolutely love ice hockey. I've been season ticket holders for the local hockey team in Columbus for five years. I would... I would... I would push an old lady in front of a bus if I could if I could ice skate and handle a puck at the same time. <laughs> like it's just it's something I do not have I do not have the necessary motor skills to do it and I would I would love to be able to skate. Well, even just to ice skate in general, but just to be able to play hockey on ice, I think it would be amazing. But it's something I'll never be able to like do. Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I don't have the um, the balance for it really. Uh, I could I could probably shoot, but I, the the balance would throw me off. Like I cannot ice skate for the life of me. Yeah, and my wife wonders why I'm obsessed with trying curling, because curling you don't have to skate for. You can just use regular shoes. <laughs> We do. We, there is a curling oh, club yeah. in Columbus, and I've thought about doing the intro classes, but playing in a league's like six hundred bucks for like a playing in a league. So yeah, that's not gonna. Oh happen. wow. Okay. As yeah. much as I would love to, because curling's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I look. I watch. I, I watched a lot of Top Gear before they took it off of every streaming platform. Um, I watch the Grand Tour. Uh, I watch regular car reviews on YouTube. You know, I, I it's I'm I just kind of enjoy it, right? I it's, but the problem is, I do not have the mental sequencing to um, be able to uh, you know. To, to understand how cars work. So, like, I, I get some of it, and I can do, like, some standard maintenance stuff most of the time, but it's just not something... I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think I've got the, the software for it. So, I would not be a car guy because... My dad growing up, like, he loved to tinker on, like, old cars. And I would, like, always have to help him. <laughs> oh, there's nothing worse than being a gopher for your dad. Yeah, so it kind of, like, ruined that for me. So I don't... Wait, I wait, don't wait. Hang on. Let me see if I can sum it up for you real quick. You learned how to hold the light and get yelled at, right? I mean, I could do a few things. I could, like, change. I, I can prop... I can, I can take stuff off. I can put stuff back on. I probably wouldn't trust myself to like, like replace the brakes, even though I have replaced brakes before. Like, I probably wouldn't trust myself to do it by myself. But, I mean, I can do stuff with the car. Um, I just don't enjoy doing it. So, <laughs> like that <laughs> that fair. kind of enjoyment is out for me. Yeah, I'm not into uh, I'm not into cars either, and it perplexes my wife because, um. I'm very mechanically inclined. Like I have a bunch, like one of my hobbies that's not wrestling is old video game systems. And it perplexes my wife that I like take these old systems apart and like replace like pieces of them to keep them running. And like I mod them and stuff. And like, I have a computer that I pull pieces out of and like, you know, do all that stuff. And I, I learned that stuff and do it really easy, but like I could give a shit about a car. Like 
I'm just like, uh, something's wrong with it? Like, okay, let's take it to the shop. Yeah, I am, um, I'm in this place where it's, it's not even the working on them, really. It's, it's the, the, the fun of driving fun cars and like roadsters. I, look, I drove a 66 Mustang when I was in high school. I, trust me, I, I've, I've enjoyed a muscle car, but the roadsters, the things that like hug the curves as you go along and that sort of stuff, that's really been my, um, I've really, that's, that's really my bread and butter, but not in the cards. So there it is. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we've, I think we've worked that topic out about as well as we can. Right. What did you? Oh, I didn't offer mine. Yeah. He... Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. I thought you, I thought you were agreeing about the, I'm, no, Matt, he I'm was so commiser- sorry. He was commiserating about not having the motor skills to manage I've... ice skates. Yeah. Oh, I have okay. some of the motor skills in the terms of I could probably like shoot. Uh, you know, I could, I could shoot at the goal, but <laughs> I, I can't skate worth a damn. Um, I've tried this once and it didn't have great results. Uh, and this is maybe like very on brand of me that I would choose like an alcohol, but, uh, I would like to learn how to brew beer. Mm, okay. I've done it once before with a kit and it was so, so results, but, um, my wife and I are renovating a house. Uh, hopefully when we finally move into it, I'll have more space. I can actually experiment with that. Uh, my wife actually for Christmas bought me a lovely book about how to brew beer. So I'm going to probably oh, try and experiment cool. with that. Yeah. My friend does that. Yeah. I want to be like, I want to be really creative. It obviously be like small batches. Cause I mean, I don't have space for that. I'm not trying to open my own brewery or is, anything um, like that, but it'd be really cool. I think is, um, just, a, just a weird question on the side of that is the, is the microbrewery thing like a big deal where you live? Because it is huge here. Like the themed like microbreweries, like, hey, we have a brewery and we set up like an authentic German style like restaurant like attached to our brewery to lure you in. Like that's really big here. Uh, there's less of that, but there are there are kind of microbreweries that are in the DC area. There's a couple that are in DC, but some of them are actually kind of. Uh, They've actually kind of blown up, and I think they probably have some market penetration, at least on the East Coast. I don't know if you've heard of, um, like, DC Brow. I think I've heard of that one. Or Atlas Brewery. Like, both of those are in DC, but they, I think, at least on, like, kind of the East Coast, you're seeing more of them uh, uh, around, like, the area. There's actually tons of breweries that are in Northern Virginia. And by that, it's, like, there are some that are literally just miles outside of DC and there are some that are, you know, like probably an hour, two hour drive outside of DC, but it's still kind of in the Nova area. Uh, there are two breweries that are actually the house that we're renovating. They're probably like within a mile of it. Uh, and they're actually ones, uh, one, you can tell it's brand new, so they're not really that good, but one is actually pretty good. So yeah, like there's a kind of like a vibrant scene here. And that's kind of like the same with different areas. Like I was in Austin a couple about a month and a half ago for a wedding in Austin, Texas has like a huge little microbrewery yeah. uh scene. So I'm not surprised that Ohio has something like that. We have uh, we have a lot of wineries too. Like that's Oh. Oh, in northern oh, in man. Virginia. In Virginia like there's tons of wineries. Like there's there are wineries that are in the northern area, which are 
okay. Like, if you like wine, it's really like you have. I'm a little bit snobbish about it, but you have to go to like every like third or fourth winery. You can find like one or two decent wines. That said, if you go about two and a half to three hour drive into Virginia, where in, you're in central Virginia, that's wine country. And then you actually can get quite a few good wines. Yeah, there so. are uh, around Lexington, mm-hmm. there are four or five wineries off the top of my head. There is a local brewery uh, called West Six. That's the only one I've really heard of, but the the different thing for me to add to this is if you go to if you go into the mountains of East Kentucky, no kidding, if you go to Whitesburg and draw whatever you want to from the name, I wrestled in a town near Whitesburg called Hemp Hill, wherein there was a guy who had a taser that threatened myself and my the guy I was tagging with. But that's another story for another time. Was he screaming they about? Have, was he screaming about the revenuers coming after him? No, but guess what? They have a local wine or moonshine distillery as a business there. That's a big deal. Like it's not. It, it really doesn't exist in Ohio. But like, if you go down to like Tennessee and Kentucky, people talk about like I guess the legal moonshine you can buy down there, like the flavored stuff. Uh huh. And I know in Nashville that's big, and I'm just like, wow, that's like totally foreign to me. I didn't know that that was like a thing. There's a few brands now. You can get it at like uh, local liquor stores, but you can. It's really only like two or three brands that I've seen. What's it taste like? Is it? Isn't it just like I don't know varnish? No, I what you get. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, here. If you've watched Justified, the story about Mags Bennett apple pie moonshine. And how it actually tastes just like apple pie is on point, well, from what I've been told. I can't drink it myself, but it's on point. I have uh, actually still have at home here a bottle of. I think the brand is like Midnight Moonshine. I could be wrong. I think that's one of the bigger brands, but it is. Uh, it is like an apple flavored moonshine, and it does taste kind of like apple pie. I don't think it's good per se to like just drink straight. It's more like if you're going to make some sort of cocktail with it. Oh, okay. But yeah, I imagine in 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 Kentucky and Tennessee, you probably get more moonshine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, don't I mean, know it's why they're bothering with like a winery in in Kentucky. It's like just make some whiskey. No, here's well the bur- oh, are you talking about the Bourbon Trail? That's a thing too. I got to do that. That's going to be on my bucket list. All right, you let me know when you come to the area. But the thing that you're going to run into um, is that Lexington and Louisville like to think of themselves as these cultural hubs that don't – and this is more Louisville than Lexington. But they're these cultural hubs that don't align with the rest of the state because, well, they just don't – they just haven't caught up yet. But as soon as you're like, well, you know – those places that you're talking about have bourbon. They're like, oh, no, no, no. We like bourbon, too. We like bourbon, too. We like bourbon, too. Don't leave us out. Hang on. So the the moonshine thing is very much a cultural thing in the Appalachian Mountains because it was a hell of a lot easier to transport moonshine out of the mountains than it was corn. And so that's what they'd bring down and sell because it was easier to move and they'd make more money off of it. 
I will tell a very personal story. This is very personal. Like, uh, this happened so many years ago, like decades ago. This has been my my father, my uh, late father, who's no longer with us. Uh huh. As it, when he was like a child or like a, a young teenager, uh, he was close to his. Uh, I think it was his maternal uncle, mm-hmm. uh, who was. <laughs> He was like the sheriff of the town in uh, like Augusta, Georgia, where my family's from. Uh huh. And he ran up on. He, for some reason, my dad was with him at the time, but like he ran up on some dudes who had basically whipped up a whole batch of moonshine, which was not legal at that time. And my uh, my great, I guess it was my great uncle. So my great uncle, literally at the time, was like. Going on here, I'm like nothing. <laughs> really, I think I uh, think I see a whole bunch batch of moonshine over there. And basically, the solution to uh, the problem was my great uncle was like, "Well, you know, if you give me <laughs> a box of it, yeah, we can look the other way." <laughs> yeah. So that's how my uncle, my great uncle, got a box full of moonshine to enjoy. And this is the story well, that my dad actually relayed to me. Is like that's what happened back in the day, like. Yeah. Law enforcement would be like, well, you know, share some of that with me, and uh, I'll look the well, other way. Well, you like, know, I, no. I, I see the logic in that, though, because you don't know if those guys have got guns, and you're sitting there, and you're just like, shit, there's like five of these guys and one of me. So, like, hey, why don't you give me a box, and I won't get shot, and we can just go our separate ways. It could be, but I think it was also like a wink and a nudge. Well, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, the... Doing moonshot again. Yep. Incidentally, there is a Hazard Kentucky. I'm very familiar with it. So, I happen to be a Duke of Hazard. But it's only spelled with one Z. Um, that and the other thing that might have happened is that might be that might be the only way that family can make money, too. Maybe. So, and, and you, do you want to be that guy? Because there's already law enforcement issues. Do you want to be that guy who stomps all over the the only income that family has? And and make their relationship with law enforcement worse. So, anyway. Okay, I think we've worked that topic out pretty good. Let me see, what else do we have here? I'm going to reach through the portable hole to Brad's table into the bag of holding and see what I come up with. This is, this is another... Not having a ruler down here. Smack your <laughs> hand. <laughs> um... Games, I'm leaving this wide open. Games, you have put the most time into. Well, uh, I can answer that because my wife and I have a combined like 300 and something hours into it, but Animal Crossing New Leaf for 3DS. Okay. Um, I mean, you can have more than one. uh, Well, that one, so if you haven't played Animal Crossing, it's kind of like a life simulator. You go out and fish and pay off your mortgage and... That damn raccoon keeps you in crippling debt the entire time. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just buy stuff for your house and, like, do stuff around town. Like, my wife and I, like, leave, like, messages on the town, like, bulletin, like, going back and forth, like, with each other and stuff. And we teach the animals to say, like, funny things and all that. So it's a fun little thing, like, that you spend 10 or 20 minutes on a night for a couple months at a time. And next thing you know, you have a lot of hours into it right 
Do you have any others that you would put in? Um, probably Diablo two. Well, no, let's let, that's probably I have put a lot into that, but I'm forgetting the obvious, which is uh, World of Warcraft. Okay. Which I probably have hundreds of hours into that. Okay. Matt. Yeah, I would say probably a lot of RPGs over time. Mm-hmm. I've sank a lot of time into. Uh, back in the day, it was like the Final Fantasy games that probably sunk a bunch of stuff because it's not just completing the actual plot; it's also trying to get like the extra content. It's spending time like grinding to up your levels. Uh, so those I probably spent a lot of time on. Or um, I know Matt's gonna know this one because he's played it. But breeding those goddamn chocobos in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, to get oh, yeah. The, the black one or whatever, so you can get Knights of the Round. Yeah, yeah. I did spend some time on that. And uh, I was talking to the guys before that we went live, and I actually, they, they ported Final Fantasy VII to the Nintendo Switch, and I actually just bought that like a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm sure I'll be sinking more hours into that. Um,. Other games, like, probably definitely wrestling, any wrestling game that you can create cause, create a wrestlers on. I've spent yeah. probably a good time on, like, uh, back in the day, Fire Pro Wrestling for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, I spent a lot oh of time. Oh, my God. I spent, I spent hours creating wrestlers <laughs> on that. Uh, and then also simming matches or playing matches. Uh, back, way back in the day, like, over 10 years ago, when I was, when I played, like, online uh a lot i spent a lot of time doing call of duty modern warfare multiplayer like most people did spent a lot of hours on that Mm -hmm. uh and then probably one that people don't uh probably forget about it's not something that's kind of a linear thing where it's like you're you're continuously uh advancing story or what have you but just a game that i have played over and over and over and over and over again is simple Tetris. Oh, I was, gonna, I was oh, thinking yeah. that too, because I yeah. still whip Tetris out every couple of years and get... Yeah. Uh, uh, like two years ago, or about a year ago, I guess, uh, there was at the local convention that is happens here in DC, AwesomeCon, my wife and I actually bought a working Game Boy, something that had actually been like, I think they probably refurbished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we bought that with Tetris, and my wife actually plays that pretty fre- uh, frequently. You know, those, well, that's nice. those original Game Boys are, are just tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one, I'm sure, like, when I say refurbished, they probably just, like, cl- clean uh, the battery leads to it. Well, uh, and a it lot of those, like, um, I have a Game Gear and my, my that I bought a couple years ago, but that Game Gear has a lot of modifications like they put they changed out all the capacitors to it so the sound works properly and it actually doesn't have the original screen it has a more modern screen so the battery life's better so if it yeah. if it was refurbished they might have like put new capacitors in like fix the screen up like there's a lot that they they do with those you know they were making those and and stuff for them like into the late 90s i think oh pokemon didn't come out here until like 97 Right. Well, and you had, here's the crazy thing. I didn't know about this. And oddly enough, I learned it from an angry video game nerd video. Hospitals use those a lot because what they would do is they would give them to kids to mess with right before surgery. 
so the kids wouldn't notice things like, oh, you know, here's the, uh, you know, the 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 sedatives coming on or anything like that, and like a lot of of Game Boy usage. So I, that's probably another one I put a lot of time on, and it'd be up there as Pokemon Red for Game Boy. I think I had like 120 plus hours on that one. Mm. Um, I'll I'll give you mine because I've got a few to give you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start with non-digital, and the answer on that is. Probably straight up D and D, or mutants and masterminds. Split it between the two of them. A um, lot, lot of time on those. Uh, That's one thing I miss about um, being a child is just being able to take a weekend and D and D like twenty hours over like from a Friday to a Sunday, which you would die if you did as an adult. I miss those days. Yeah, <laughs> early to early to mid twenties, I'd have those periodically. Mm-hmm. But, um, so you, you've got those, uh, in my college years, I played a lot of a half-life mod called firearms. I was not any good at it, but I played it a lot. You know, half-life's <laughs> not something I ever got into and I feel like I really missed out, uh, not playing that much. Half-life has had a, a really good story. And so, yeah, I would say you, you missed out, but... Um, Some of that stuff's hard to go back to, though. Like, I've tried to go back and play System Shock 2, and it's really just... It's tough. They remastered Half-Life, the first one. Okay. So, it, it might be worth looking into. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of stuff... Um, because I made some notes and I was like, ah, no, not really enough of that. You probably played League of Legends into the thousands of hours, haven't you? Yeah, I've been playing League of Legends since the Misfortune release, and we're now in season nine. So that's eight or nine years worth of on and off League of Legends. And yet, I still don't hate myself, really. Uh <laughs> There, I've also played just a lot of City of Heroes. Um, if you were a City of Heroes fan, you notice I I kind of use the present tense. Maybe go do some looking about that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Just the the so many other games tried to be superhero games, and the problem was they were all compared to City of Heroes because City of Heroes came first, and it was the best. And nobody could nobody could hold up to it. It was just you just couldn't. Um, and it, it it is the best. It, it's the only MMO I've really enjoyed. Like most MMOs, I just wear the hell out on. Yeah, I'm just like no, no, I, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I, no I I'm still, just um, done. Aboard. I still wax poetic about the Ultima online days, but, and it's still around, but I just know that that's like 40 hours of chopping wood just so you're strong enough to go into a dungeon. Yeah. Like those days were fun when they were, you know, those days, but you can't go back sometimes. I'm trying to remember what it is. 
Did either of you guys ever play EverQuest when that was a thing, out of curiosity? I did no, not. No, I never did. Oh, you're I did not. Out. Okay, all right. And then here's the the AKI THQ wrestling games. All the way from WCW NWO World Tour to No Mercy, I played the piss out of those so much. I definitely played W. I had WCW uh, NWO versus the World. That was played. I think yes. that, that one was good. Yeah, I we I talked have about that on the, the show before a little bit. Yeah, I have all of those N sixty four games in a box sitting about two feet to my right. Um, actually, I think I have two copies of WrestleMania two thousand in it. But uh, controversial opinion: No Mercy is overrated. The best of those games is WCW versus uh, NWO Revenge. I don't know that I can agree with that because WCW NWO Revenge had the set roster, and the only things that you could edit were the names. Yeah, but there was some like No Mercy did not feel as good. It felt like the frame rate was a little slower. I will I will agree with criticism that some of the No Mercy cartridges were bugged and would erase your career mode stuff. Um, that was really frustrating. I, I No Mercy had the the widest breadth and depth of um, like in your created stuff, and that was really what I enjoyed is making created characters and having fun with that. See, I never but played those. WrestleMania two thousand was. Really good, and it may have had better frame rate if I don't remember. I think it did. But. There was something that felt a little weird with No Mercy. Um, I never actually played those much for the Creator Wrestler. I did for other games, like um, the SmackDown games were good for that, and uh, yeah, the SmackDown like games were always good for the Creator Wrestler. But that was never like my chief thing with that. Um, I like the career mode in. WrestleMania 2000 more than No Mercy, I think. No Mercy had... Oh my god, they had so many trees in the career mode. And I never did... I never did go through and and um, and do them all, because the ladder matches, god, kill me, please. Oh, they're terrible. Like I can't do squat with them. But the other side to it is that... Um, the even if the ladder matches were awful, the um, oh god, I'm going to lose my train of thought. the The ladder matches were awful, but just the 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 breadth and depth that you could have with everything else was nice. Um, god, what am I? I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Don't worry about it. I was trying to bring it back, and it's gone. It's just gone. We're, I'm out and we're done. Uh. <laughs> I'd probably say because I've played it repeatedly, Final Fantasy 6 slash Final Fantasy 3 is probably up there for me. Um, probably a Zelda, like one of the early Zelda games that I've played repeatedly over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a Fantasy Star I've played more than once, as far as like racking up hours, like something like Fantasy Star Four or something. Final Fantasy Tactics, probably. I've probably played a crap ton of that. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's some, there's some other stuff I've played a lot of. I don't have a real broad games library. I get something and I play with it for quite a while. I have one. Okay. Do you guys remember uh, this was put out on the Sega Genesis? But it's been put out also on some of these like uh, Sega collections that have come out for the more modern systems. But Shining Force? Yes, yes. That's an RPG, like a Japanese RPG. I actually played that like a ton of times. I, did you play two and one and two, or did you just play one? No, just one. I never really had two. Although I think I do have it with some of these like collections. Yeah, two's, two's and I actually really just, good. I actually just bought. Uh, well, no, I, I haven't just bought, but I have um, like a handheld. Uh, you know, like they 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 put out the classic NES, but they've also been they've been putting out like these classic. Uh, game systems yeah. that have like old uh, Genesis games, stuff like that. Um, yeah. I got the handheld one and that one has Shining Force on it and uh, I really want to I should play that again. I've played it through like multiple times. There's a GBA um, recreation of it from back they, in the day Yes, too. they did. They did. There was like a port, but I think they like added new graphics and things like that. Yeah, they did. But I've, I've played Shining Force like multiple times. Like I always get all the characters um, that was a really cool one because you it was very much like uh, Advance Wars or some of those other turn-based ones, but it's also like strategy related. Uh, and I loved it. Like, and I would always like I would pretty much only wind up using like certain characters because certain characters you We're could way like. Better, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you could like have some of them as just like tanks. Because those bird guys were never that great. They weren't that great. Um, there's this one character. I don't know if you ever used him. Did you ever use Domingo? Yes, because he was he 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 had like no hit points, but like his magic would just like tear people to shreds. Yeah, he was uh like the trope I think is like fragile speedster or something like that. Like he or uh, glass cannon. Uh, glass cannon. That's I think actually that's the trope. Uh, yeah, he he was like this magical creature. Um, you look kind of like a flying he, squid, didn't he? He looked. He looked really like he did. He looked almost like a, a broom, like the the brushes of a broom with a helmet on. <laughs> uh, weird looking character, but he he. You're right. Like he had like no um, hit points or very low like a physical resistance. But he was like un, He was like a god when it came to like magic. He would like demolish foes. Yeah. You should try to Yeah, there's your glass cannon. You should try to yeah. because two has like you can grind in two and like mm. they had the characters are a little more creative in that one. And like you Oh well, you can like Go ahead, sorry. You can like pick when you like you can actually level above like like you can go to level thirty, then class change so your stats are better. Like it gives you a little more leeway. Oh no for those who don't know, if you ever played Shining Force, you can grind in Shining Force. And you do like I did it, but that's why it's like playing the game actually takes a long time because the secret to grinding in that is every like particular map you play, you play through it and then you get like almost where you're defeating the last enemy. And then you have to like, you have to do the escape yeah. spell. So then you have to read, you have to actually read fight. The the battle, like, was what it was called. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had and you had to, you would, it, it kind of would get laborious because you'd have to fight the same fight for like two three times. But doing that, you would get so much experience so that when you're finally actually at like the final level and the final boss, you're just like handing foes like people their asses. Yeah. Like you're just you're plowing through because you've been built up so 
like heavy. And I, it's a way to, it's, it's kind of cheating, but it's not cause you're actually putting in like a lot of time to grind. I've, I just recently played through two. I need to play one again. I, I should, uh, yeah. I should put that in. Cause that's, that's a really great, uh, series, really good early, like turn-based RPG. Oh um, yeah. I would love to actually see them kind of like redo that. They did the, they did like three with the Sega CD, but they've kind of abandoned that. And I don't know why they haven't gone back to it because I think, I think you could do some stuff with it, but that's, um, th- I played a crap ton of those games. Yeah. All right. But I also I, have... I, w- I want to go into a bit of tid- a little tidbit of something I had for the Genesis that I don't know if was available in your guys' area or if anyone remembers this. But did either of you have the Sega Channel? No, no, I wasn't even aware of this. Okay, so this was so this came from your cable company. This is out for a couple years. So they would give you this box like attached to like you know the coaxial thing, and um, yeah. you would put this in your Genesis. And it would have a selection of games every month for like the monthly fee you paid, and then you would kind of like download them into the box and play them for a while. Huh. And like every month, some of them would change, but you'd usually have a game for a couple of months, and then it would cycle through to the next thing. That's really surprisingly ahead of its time. Yeah, this was like I probably had this in like ninety five or ninety six. Wow. That's how I played so many Genesis games, though, because I got to Genesis late, so I played a lot of this stuff through the Sega Channel. Right. Yeah, that's a... I'm going to go into our last topic, if you guys are ready for it. Yeah. I am good. Okay. So, this is... Um... Hang on, let me make sure this is the right one. Brad, you move the bag. Hang on. I put the bear trap down, too. Moving very slowly. Okay. So, here's the question. If we had... If you had... If for some reason we could bend time and space in a way that suited us and use this as an opportunity... Shad, you didn't have to, to steal the rest- roll of quarters next to the bag of holding, you know? I have laundry and my washer's broken. I'll give it back. Um... <sighs> <laughs> the uh, the um, if if we could bend time and space, and for some reason we're going to use it for this purpose, you were going to make a promotion, and you could pick you were going to make a wrestling promotion, and you could pick guys from whatever point in their career that you wanted to have in your wrestling promotion. Five guys, but I'm going to say that a tag team could come as a as a combo unit and just take one slot. Does their manager? Who are five guys? Is one. Yeah, I'm okay with their manager. Can't like, okay. For example, in the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette, I would say could be one spot, but the like wacky wacky guys who are put together as a tag team but don't like each other but still succeed like. Kurt Angle and Lord Voldemort, uh, that that would have to be two spots. Yeah, because you need you have to build to that. So, yeah, so it, like unified teams, five spots. Who would you want for your promotion? Okay, I I did this over the thing, so I will start it because I know who I want. So, for my okay. first spot, I'm going to take Nick Bockwinkle with Bobby the Brain Heenan. 
I am choosing them instead of Ric Flair just because I don't want to be totally hack about it. And he brings a nice element of like insulting the audience. Good talker can have a great match with anyone. And if you're picking him, like, you know, when he started to become like a main event player, you know, you're getting like 20 plus years of good work rate out of him. Yeah. And um, you can cement him as the top heel. So then to counterbalance him, I'm going to take Hulk Hogan because why wouldn't you take Hulk Hogan? Okay. And then we're going to also go for another singles. I'm going to take a guy who is also a great talker and you can have a good match just about anyone. So I'm going to bring in Jerry Lawler can also play face heel. Good history with Nick Bockwinkle um, through the Memphis territory then for uh-huh. my tag teams, I'm going to take the Road Warriors because, again, why aren't you going to take the Road Warriors? And then I'm going to take the Midnight Express, uh, Bobby Eaton, Dennis Condry version with Jim Cornette to round out my five. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And and would how would you say that the look or feel of your promotion would be with, with this array of uh, talent. I would say it'd probably just be like your standard '80s, like Jim Crockett promotions, <laughs> NWA style. Okay. All right. Because Hogan, Hogan can Hogan like before he kind of hit his formula, actually could work decently and work stiff and all that stuff. Right, right. Actually, I'd probably he was capable of it. He just didn't. He didn't need to do it much. I'd probably go for a more like sporty, like mid south kind of feel. Okay. You know, wins and losses matter. Maybe a little grayer shade on the characters, but keep my good talkers. Like it would probably be a an area focused mostly on <clears throat> like the the talking. I mean, especially with the people I have, you're gonna have you know the Road Warriors, Hogan, Bockwinkle, Lawler. And I mean, some mm-hmm. of my choices, like there were hard choices. Like I said, I didn't take Ric Flair because um, I didn't want to be hack about it. I thought about Macho Man, but you have Nick Bockwinkle and I'd really like Macho Man, but I also wanted, I actually thought about taking Macho Man instead of Hulk Hogan, but um, okay. I went with Hogan just because he's Hogan, but I was attracted to doing Lawler and savage is like okay. top of the line program. And I think the road warriors, because you know, they are a huge tag team and you know, they're one of a kind and the midnight express, because Bobby Eaton's probably the best worker of all time. And they're probably the best tag team of all time. And you get Jim Cornette, who is a great talker. And you also have Bobby yeah. Heenan at the top of the card. Yeah. Um, Matt, would you like to go next, or would you like for me to? No, I can go next. Um, okay. Looking at mine, mine's pretty, like, uh, it's kind of very heavy, like, NWA. Um, okay. Although there's some WWF, classic WWF feel mm-hmm. to it. Uh, for my top face, I would actually go with quintessential babyface Ricky Steamboat. Good choice. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I love Ricky Steamboat. He was a better talker than he kind of got credit for. Um, obviously, oh, like, yeah. tremendous in the ring. Uh, just a great baby face. People could get around him, uh, get behind him, sorry. Uh, 
top heel, like I will go hack. I'll choose Ric Flair <laughs> because why not? <laughs> why not have the Nature Boy? And anytime you're gonna have Steamboat against Flair, you're looking at like five star matches. They could do mm-hmm. they could do five star matches in their sleep pretty much with each other. Uh, as a we're pulling from like any any era, so I'm actually gonna go with he was late '90s, early 2000s, but. Eddie Guerrero. That's a good choice. Uh, okay, because right. that's a guy who like could easily be either heel or face and get the crowd behind him. Um, I think he had like a match or two with Flair in WCW. He might have back in the day, but imagine like uh, Ricky Steamboat in his prime versus Guerrero in his prime. Like that, that'd be like a tremendous match. Just you could uh, that could. I also mm-hmm. think you could, if you really wanted to get into the Four Horsemen, especially later Eddie when he was really into that Latino heat thing, like he could have, you could have slapped a suit on him and had him as a horseman, and he you probably would have oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess if we're talking about Flair, if we want managers, I guess I could have had J.J. Dillon uh, with Flair too, and he would have added like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then for my tag teams. Uh, I'm gonna go a nice compliment to the Midnight Express. I'm gonna go with Face Tag Team Rock and Roll Express. Okay, who could always work as like great baby faces. Um, they could you could build your uh, tag team division around them. And I'm actually gonna go for my fifth and final pick. Uh, also a tag team, but I'm choosing them in their heel incarnation. Uh, Heart Foundation. Oh, that's a good pick. That would be a good. Right. That would be an- Bret Hart and. Yeah, Bret Hart versus Ricky Morton in the ring would actually be very interesting. Yeah, I mean that's like a a dream match that could have been. Uh, yeah, the Hart Foundation in their prime in the late, like say late '80s, and rock and roll in the late '80s, like that would have been like a tremendous match. They could have had five star matches with each other, but you could build your promotion around those uh, two teams, your tag uh, division around those two yeah. teams, and then down the road, of course, obviously gets. Bret Hart had a lot of upswing. You could have had him either go uh, face, or you could just had him in matches with Flair or Steamboat or even Guerrero. That would have been tremendous. I can't so. do a good impression, but you're a goddamn coward, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you're a goddamn coward. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'm going to have a... Uh, well, let me see. Oddly enough, I'm not going to have much overlap. Um, I'll start with the one I do have overlap on. Is I'm going to have the uh, Midnight Express with Jim Cornette, the Bobby Eaton Stan Lane version. Because Mm -hmm. then that way, um, I don't know, I I just I like the feel of that version a little bit more. Um, They seem a little more flexible in what they can do, I guess. If that makes sense. And now, you're going to see a theme in what I'm doing here, I think. Um, the the four singles guys are going to be at the top. Because I can use the Midnights to build the rest of the tag division. If the Midnights are the heels who usually have the titles, then you can have baby faces chasing them, trying to get the titles off of them. You can have, you know... These running, uh, you know, running feuds and that sort of stuff, and so on and so forth. But if I'm going to have um, the uh, my singles guys, it... wow, okay, The Rock 
Oh, wow, you're really stacking this. Yeah, you- and I went back and forth between this last slot. What were you going to say, uh, You Brad? cut out before, with, uh, between the the Midnights and The Rock. Could you do those two? S- Sting, okay. Randy Savage, The Rock, and then for my last spot, and I swear I went back and forth on this so much, and it was almost Vader, but instead it's going to be Stan Hansen. Oh, wow. So what I am trying to do with this group is, uh, with the exception of, well, Sting, really, um, with this group, for the most they can swing back and forth between heel and face. They could work either way. And there's going to be so much charisma in who these guys are. And I'm going to say that this charisma is going to be different enough between these 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 four singles guys that there will be something that will appeal one of the four is going to appeal to most everybody and then it's not hard to keep stuff going because at least with three of the four of them I can turn them as I need to and then that way I've got I've got some yeah, sure some of the styles the you know rock and sting is not going to be that different but in terms of style but for their actual move sets and stuff like that they're going to be separate from each other and i think that by having a really charismatic top of the card i can use that as a magnet to draw lots of people in and then with with people coming in i have the ability to to build new people as i go um, well, you get some but instant, still keep people invested. You get some instant relationships too with that because you know Sting could bring in the Steiners or Lex Luger. And, yeah, um, yeah. You could you could have Sting bring them in. Um, you have lots of options with these these five picks for me. Anyways, is what I'm going for. Hanson, yeah. There's a lot of options there. Yeah. So that's that's what I was going for is is to have a real charismatic um, set of guys to build around that that really draw people in, and even if Hanson Hanson's got his own charisma that doesn't necessarily have to involve beating the piss out of anybody because you listen to Hanson cut a promo and you're like that guy's going to kill somebody. <laughs> right? Yeah, he was never as big in the states as he should have been because he didn't hang around anywhere because he. I agree with Japan that. was his priority. Uh, where he was making his money, you know? Yeah. Well, guys, um, I think we've, I think we've, we've put in a pretty good episode here. I agree. We'll be back. uh, We'll be back next week with the continuation, the finale of the Mega Power series. The next, we're probably going to go past WrestleMania five and do a fourth episode, which kind of is a follow up and do some feedback the follow-up stuff okay we've done the zeus match before but we're going to get into some of those promos with that too okay uh i'm i'm looking forward to um i'm look to seeing what comes up i'm really looking forward to part three because when i was doing the research for that there is some really strong stuff in there yeah yeah so all right well this has been a bag of holding episode we thank you all for joining us this is Shad with, with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think, and we will see you all next time.